amen. We serve a God who will never fail us. Thank God he's always with us. The question is, do you, serve to choose, do you choose to serve him today? That's the question. I choose to serve the Lord today and to worship the Lord and to glorify the name of the Lord. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. As a matter of fact, I, I love that, that hymn. Y'all remember that hymn we used to sing? That uh, old hymn that, that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I thank God that I'm not standing on seeking sand today. I'm standing on the rock of Jesus Christ and the hope that I have in Jesus is a hope that is sure. You know the Bible speaks a lot about hope. As a matter of fact, I hope you have your Bible this morning. I want to encourage you to find Psalm chapter number 42. Psalm chapter number 42. Pastor Jacob did a great job uh, introducing this sermon this morning to our children and getting them off in the right direction by using Psalm chapter number 42. And this is the springboard verse for the message today. The title of the message is Hope in God or Hope in the Lord. Our hope is in nothing less than Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the great God. Thanks be unto him that we can have a hope in this day. Let me show you what David was dealing with here. In Psalm chapter number 42, we know this a beautiful psalm as we think about that song, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. That's the very first verse. It's found here in Psalm chapter number 42. But what I want you to see is all the way down in verse number 11. What is happening here in David's life he is in exile, he's being pursued, he's lonely, he's having a really difficult time, and he's longing to be back together with the children of Israel. He's longing to be back together with everybody else. And I know, man, if I've heard it one time, I've heard it a hundred times because my heart's the same way. I cannot wait to be in the congregation together. I tell you, it just looks so funny preaching, and uh, this, all the seats are empty. Uh, there's nobody on my left side, and we only have a few people here, just a, enough less than 10 scattered throughout the, uh, the uh, auditorium, the worship center here to get this production to you today, and I'm so grateful for them, and please, you can thank them, but it is weird uh, being able to preach to you this morning in your living room, yet not have anybody in the worship center. And so all of you are hoping, you say, man, I hope we get together soon. I hope we come together soon. David had that same hope. He hoped to get things back to normal as soon as possible. And he started complaining and he started saying, oh, I just don't know uh, if this is going to happen. And he says, oh, my, my soul is just disquieted. I'm so downcast. I'm so, I want to be together. And he was allowing the situation to dictate his attitude. We ought not to let the situation that we're currently in dictate our attitude. Because I want you to listen to me very carefully. If it is over our head, it is always under his feet. And so don't let the current situation dictate your attitude. Our God is still on the throne. And that's the conclusion that David came to. Look at what the Bible says here in verse number 11 of Psalm chapter 42. 
he asked himself this question. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Why can I come to you in a day where everything is shut down, in a day where it is like a wartime experience in the United States, and still have a smile on my face? I'll tell you the reason why. I know where my hope lies. My hope is in the great God that created this universe. And we may be down, but we're not out. God's not done with us yet. God's not done with you yet, dear friend. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Thanks be unto God today that we have hope in the Lord. Now, now let me say this. We're living in a day today where hope is a vastly different thing when you compare it to the world. What I'm saying is, is there's two types of hope that are out there today. There is worldly hope, and then there is biblical hope. This morning, I want to strengthen our biblical hope through the Word of God, and I want us to push worldly hope aside. Because worldly hope, by way of simple definition is an unsure optimism that is expressed with a willful expectation but without certainty of the fulfillment to desire very much but with no real uh, fulfillment or real assurance of getting what you desire. That is worldly hope. It is an unsure optimism. Uh, let me put it to you this way. Several years ago, I was, uh, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, many years ago, my grandfather, who's a Native American, and, and man, I loved Papa Camp. I, I really did. He's with Jesus now. But uh, he recruited me and also my best friend to ride with him up in the Coleman, Alabama area to tear down an old barn. And so me and my best friend, we, we got up there, and there was Papa Camp, and he had everything ready. Now, he didn't believe in bulldozers or anything like that. He, he believed in taking that thing down by hand. And so uh, me and my, my friend Trey, we, we were there, and uh, we worked all day. My stars, we worked so hard that day. Man, we were so tired at the end of the day. And everything went fine all day until the very end. At the very end, just before we were going to uh, take a break and eat some supper and bed down, go to bed that evening... Uh, I, I remember Trey stepped on an old rusty nail, and it put a nice hole in his foot. I can remember him hopping around, and I was concerned. I, I turned to Papa Camp, and I said, Papa Camp, I, I said, do you think we need to go to the hospital and get him a tetanus shot? He hadn't had one. And uh, Papa Camp said, no. He said, we don't need to go to the hospital. I got something better than that shot. And uh, again, Papa Camp was old school, man old school. He, he turned around and walked off, and he uh, went to his truck, and he came back. And when he came back... He had a can of uh, diesel fuel, a can of diesel fuel. And he took that diesel fuel, and he said, give me your foot, boy. Take your shoe off. And Trey took his shoe off, and he took that foot, and he lifted that foot up, and he poured that uh, diesel fuel into that wound. Man, Trey squirmed, and he just went all over the place. Oh, it was burning. It was, a, oh, my goodness, it was such a mess. And uh, I looked at Trey, and I said, I really hope this works. Now, that hope that I had for Trey was an unsure optimism. I wasn't sure if that's going to work. 
Well, to God be the glory, it did. And he didn't lose his foot. He didn't get tetanus or anything like that. But thank God that, that, that worked and that happened. But that was a worldly hope. I had an unsure optimism that this was going to work. But thank God it did. But that's not the kind of hope that we have. We do not have some kind of unsure uh, optimism that uh, we, we're not going to get what we desire in, re, in regards to the end. No, our hope is not a worldly-based hope. We have a biblical hope. A biblical hope, according to the Word of God, is an indication of certainty. It is an indication of certainty. In the Bible, in the Scriptures, it means a strong and confident expectation. It is knowing something for sure. It may be an archaic word in modern times, this hope. But I'm telling you, hope in the Bible is akin to trust and a confident expectation. So I'm telling you here, we have a confident expectation because our hope is in the Lord. And through that confident expectation, not only are we going to be together again one day real soon as a church... But we can live today right there in our homes, praising God, thanking God, knowing that we may not be together in one room, but we are one church in many households. We're one church in many bedrooms. We're one church in many living rooms. We have a great hope in Jesus Christ, and we're going to make it. We're going to get through this together. And as we have this hope, this strong and confident expectation today that God is in control and that we have a confidence and a confident expectation that God is going to get us through this. When we have this kind of biblical hope, it fuels within us five things that I want to share with you this morning. There are five things that having a hope in the Lord, like David had, that will strengthen us just as David asked that question, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Have a confident expectation in God Almighty. He's going to see you through, dear friend. So let me give them to you. Here, here's five. Hope this helps you. Hope you got your pens ready. We're going to try to put it up on the screen so you can have it here. Here are five things that I want to share with you this morning about having a biblical hope. Number one. When we have a biblical hope, it gives us joy and peace. When we have a biblical hope, it gives us joy and peace. Paul clearly understood this in the New Testament as he wrote to the church at Rome. And when he wrote to the church at Rome, over in Romans chapter 15, in verse number 13 in particular, he said this. He said, now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I want to tell you right now, that verse is worth writing down. As a matter of fact, that verse is worth looking at again on Monday. So you can take all five of these points. You can do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can have them all throughout the course of this week. This would be the first one that I'd focus on. When your hope is in God, Christian, it gives us joy and peace. Did you notice there in Romans chapter 15, who does the filling? Look at it again. 
The Bible says the God of hope. That is the God of certainty, the God of control, the God of confident expectation. This means that he is the source of all real hope. And if we're going to have hope, that is this confident expectation, it must come from the one that gives ultimate hope, that gives all hope. And that one that gives all hope is God Almighty. He can give you the exact hope that you need for today. And that hope can produce joy. That hope can produce peace. Did you see it right there? Did you see what he gives? He says he gives you joy. Now, let me say this, church. Joy is vastly different than happiness. Happiness always depends upon the current situation. Uh, Depending upon the situation, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm upset, sometimes I'm I'm rejoicing. It just depends on the circumstance. Just before church started this morning, you missed it. They didn't catch it on camera, but I fell. I fell off the bottom step. I twisted my ankle. I wish I could say it felt good. It didn't. I had to walk it off. And I had to ask God, the God of all hope, God, give me strength, give me joy. And he he did. And so now I can laugh about it. And now look, I'm okay, I can dance. And so the Bible is clear when he says he gives you great joy. My joy is not based upon the current circumstance. He gives us great joy, but also he gives us peace. You see that there in the Bible? He tells us there in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Not only will he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Don't miss that. I'd underline it. Peace in believing. This is vitally important. Because what is he saying? He's he's saying that I've got a peace in my heart that God's going to take care of everything. All of this helps our hope grow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you see it there in the text? By the power of the Holy Spirit, we have peace, but we also have joy. Can I ask you a question today? Think about this. We've been in our homes now uh, for many days. Some of you may be saying, man, my peace is just about gone. Let me encourage you, dear brother. According to the Word of God in this wonderful passage of Scripture, when we put our hope in God, he, is, he will fill us with all joy and peace in believing. I believe that your home right there, your home right there, where you're at, however you're watching this, wherever you are, can be a place of peace. It can be a place of peace. And my prayer for you this week is that your home, wherever you're sheltered at, would be a place of peace. And it would be a place of joy. And that joy and that peace comes from having a hope in God. Number two, let me give you a second thing. Here's number two. Not only having a biblical peace gives us joy and peace, but it also gives us protection. It gives us protection. Notice what the Bible says over in Psalms chapter 33, verse 18. In Psalms 30 through 18, he gives us insight into the fact that when you have biblical hope, you have an understanding that God's loving kindness is always at rest upon you. And he's watching you through the eyes of love. See the verse, Psalms 33, 18? Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. 
on those, the Bible says, who hope for his loving kindness. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, when we have a biblical hope, not only does it give us joy and peace, but it also gives us protection. We have this eternal protection that, listen, we know that if we leave this world, bless God, we're going to another place. We are going to our home in heaven. Let me show you a couple of things, if I could, right here in this text. In Psalm chapter 33, verse 18, he tells us that the eye of the Lord is upon those that fear him. Now, that phrase, the eye of the Lord is upon those. This is a very fascinating Hebrew passage of scripture. It means a protective type of look. One that is ready to protect their loved ones. God is lovingly ready to protect us. And whatever happens in our lives, whatever comes into our lives, must first go through the Lord. And as it goes through the Lord, his protective, loving eyes is upon us. I, I thought about uh, many years ago, our, we had a cat that had kittens. And those little kitties got a couple of weeks old. And, of course, I, I had babies back then, and my, my kids were little babies. And, and they'd get those cats out, and when they'd pull that cat out, that mama cat would look at them. And that mama cat would stand up in the box and watch every move that that child would make holding that little kitten. And they'd love to take those little kittens and put them in the living room floor. And they'd get, so I've got five kids. Bless God, that little cat had six kittens. And so uh, you got six kittens and five kids. There's only one kitten in there. That mama is looking, watching, getting those, those kittens. And as those kids got those kittens and put them in the living room floor, that mama cat was watching. And what happened is when they laid the kittens down, with a protective eye, that mama cat jumped out of that box and one by one would ran to those little kittens and pick them up and take them back to the box and bring them back home. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, one day, one day after a while, we're going to lay these bodies down. And God, who is a loving Heavenly Father, is going to take us home from this world and he's going to bring us home to heaven. And the protection that we have is that nothing... Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You are protected by the Lord. And look at what he says here. Because of that protection, he, he gives us this insight. He says he's watching those that fear him. That word fear there is not a, a scared type of fear in its context. It's a reverential fear. I, I loved how Adrian Rogers defined it. Adrian Rogers said this type of fear it's not that God would put his hand upon you to hurt you, but that he would take his hand off of you not to use you. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, he loves you. His hand is upon those that fear him, upon those that reverence him, upon those that love him. You have great protection as it relates to Jesus Christ. Now, because of this protection that we have from the Lord in regards to our salvation, nothing being able to separate us from the love of God, uh, we find that we have great hope that we're going to be okay. Number three. Let me give you a third one very quickly as we move on through the text. The third point I want to make for you is this. When we have biblical hope, that biblical hope gives us joy. It gives us peace. It gives us protection. And here's the third one. It gives us strength and courage. It gives us strength and courage. 
I love what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 31, verse 24. Here's what the scripture says. Look at it. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, since our hope is found in Jesus Christ, our hope is placed upon him. And in hoping upon him, having this biblical hope, we can have this strength that we would not normally have. Notice what the Bible says. He says, be strong. That means to prevail. That means knowing that you're not doing this on your own. You have the strength of the Lord. And in having the strength of the Lord, your heart can be courageous. Let your heart take courage. Now, this is fascinating. This word, let your heart take courage, I would underline that. Because it means to be swift-footed. To be swift-footed. Many years ago, when I, when I was 16 years old, I had a vehicle, and it was called the Reno Swift. We call, that, that, it came that way, and we just kept calling it the Swift. I don't know what you call your vehicles, but mine was the Reno Swift. And the Reno Swift, I thought, man, it was a Plymouth Horizon. And I thought it, sure enough, was something else. It had the fins on the back glass. And man, it just absolutely, I, I thought it was a wonderful thing. In fact, I, I thought it would go faster than it really would. And I would go to school, and I'd drive to school. On my way home one day, when I was coming home from school, there was a back way that I could go, and there was this little hill that if you hit it just right, uh, you'd get a little air. Well, I thought, I wonder if Reno Swift can do this. I wonder how swift the Reno Swift really is. So I went down that back road, and man, I put the hammer down, and and I was going to see if I couldn't get a little bit of air in that Reno Swift. Well, uh, needless to say, I, I was going over the speed limit. As I was going over the speed limit, I, I, I hit that little spot there. And, and I, I got a, a little bit, but I, I didn't get off the ground. I mean, it was just a hard, a hard bump. What I did not know is that my dad followed me home that day. And so when my dad followed me home on that day, he saw me try to jump that hill in the Reno Swift. Oh, my stars. Let me just say, it was weeks before I was able to drive again. All because I wanted to see how swift the Reno Swift really was. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, to be swift in the Bible means to have a confidence. It means to have an assurance. It means to be swift-footed. The idea here is let your heart be swift. Let your heart run. And who are you to run to? You're to run to the Lord. He says simply this, Be strong, let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. He's telling us here in the text, he's saying, look, run to the Lord. Run to the Lord. When your hope is in him, you can run to him. And I'm grateful to God we can run to him at any time. You need to run to him today, you can run to him today. You need to run to him when we're done, you run with him when you're done. You can run to the Lord at any time. Having a biblical hope gives us strength and courage. I remember many years ago when uh, I was in Mexico. And as I was in Mexico, I was on on mission. And and, uh, we were stuck at the border. And as we were stuck at the border, we couldn't go anywhere. And so we just sat there on the pavement. And we started singing songs. And we started just praying and asking God for his help. and, And God gave us a tremendous strength to endure that day. As we sat there for many hours, and finally they said, we're tired of y'all sitting here praising God. Y'all clogging up the, y'all bottlenecking this whole thing. So y'all go on through. And they let us in. Who gave us the strength to endure that? God. 
Who's going to give us the strength to endure this to the end? God. We have a biblical strength that is rooted in the hope of Jesus Christ. And then here's number five. Let me give you this fifth one very quickly this morning. And we'll start putting these things into practice today. In regards to this issue of biblical hope, we've talked about how it gives us joy and peace. We've talked about how it gives us protection. We talked about how it gives us strength and courage. Number four, here's the fourth one. It gives us confidence in ministry. It gives us confidence in ministry. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, For it is for this we labor, labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Now let me show you two things about this very quickly. Number one, I want you to see this labor and strife. He's speaking here of, of hard times. Paul, in writing to Timothy, he says, the reason why we labor and strive, the reason why we endure persecution, the reason why that we endure suffering, the reason why we do these things is because we have fixed our hope on the living God. The reason why you can endure to the end is because you fixed your eyes on the living God. I'm telling you, when we fix our eyes on God and we see how awesome, how powerful, and how hopeful He can place within how much hope He can place within us, there's nothing we can't get through, church. We can get through it all. And He says this He has fixed His hope, or fixed our hope. That means to rest one's thoughts and to be settled on the same thing. Here's what I know we're settled on. We are settled on the fact that God is sovereign. And God is going to get us through. And as he gets us through, we're going to labor and we're going to strive to get, do everything that we can. And right now it's digital. Right now, it's through the internet. We're going to do everything that we can to stay connected so that we can continue to be unified. And we love God, love others, and serve the world. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a time where we have such a biblical hope to use for the glory of God. We can take this message today. We can share it. We can send it out. We can invite friends to come to church and not even leave our home as we try our best to get as many people into the fold as we possibly can. Reach as many people as we can. And we have this thought, if we can just reach one more. Loving God, loving others, serving the world. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you this week. Ask God to put someone on your heart that maybe needs an email. Maybe needs a handwritten card. Maybe needs a phone call. Maybe needs a text message. And reach out there and tell them that our hope is in a mighty God. He gives us strength for that ministry. And then here's the fifth and final one this morning, and I close. The fifth thing I want you to see is that when we have a biblical hope, it gives us assurance of the future. It gives us assurance of the future. Paul again writing to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 4:13 says this, 
But we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, or uninformed about those that are asleep, that is, those that are dead, that you may not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. Brothers and sisters, when we have a biblical hope, it gives us assurance for the future. I know where I'm going. I am going one day to be with my Savior and Lord in heaven. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, His righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Listen to this second verse. When darkness veils His lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, His covenant, His blood, Support me in the overwhelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. My right, in him my righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Can I ask you a question today, dear friend? Where's your hope? David said in Psalms chapter 42 and verse 11, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are thou disquieted within me? Hope. Thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's praise God today, dear brothers and sisters. Let's praise God tomorrow and let's praise God in days to come. You may be watching today and you might be struggling with the fact that you don't know where your hope is. Maybe you're struggling with the fact that you are afraid that when you die, you don't know where you're going to spend in eternity. i got good news for you, dear friend. Uh, the Bible is very clear. The Bible says that you can know where you're going to spend in eternity. You can know that today. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know that you have eternal life today. Paul told the Romans this. He said that if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Dear friend, you can be saved today by trusting in Jesus Christ. So how might I do that, Pastor? Could I lead you just in a simple prayer? It's not the prayer that saves you. We're saved by faith. But would you say something like this to God? Would you say, Lord Jesus... I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Savior. And this morning, I repent of my sin. And I trust you as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. I'll live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brother, if you prayed that prayer, sister, if you've prayed that prayer, 
You've placed your hope in the only place there can be assurance. And that's in Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family of God. I would love to communicate with you. I'd love for you to get on our website, shoot me an email, maybe message me on Facebook. Let me know that you made a decision for Christ. As for our church today, I want to tell you how much I love you. I can't wait to be back with you again. Next Sunday's Palm Sunday. Well, we're going to have a great time once again as we worship together. Don't miss it. Invite your friends. Tell them to jump online. And I promise you, just as soon as we get an all clear, not only are we going to be in the house of God, here together in this, in this worship center, but we're going to be in homes all over the world like we are today. People raising their hands, praising God, sitting in hallelujah pews, thanking God, knowing that He's our hope. He is our hope. And our hope will get us through. I love you. God bless you today. Have a great day. And we'll see you on Wednesday night. God bless you. Thank you so very much for, for worshiping with us today here at Maysville Baptist Church. Our purpose is loving God, loving others, and serving the world. As pastor here, one of my greatest uh, desires is that everyone would know that they're going to heaven when they die. Several years ago, I wrote a little track that says, You Can Know. I would love to send this track to you. If you would send me an email just letting me know you would like this little track, I'd be glad to drop it in the mail and send it over to you. Again, we're so grateful that you worshiped with us today. May the Lord bless you. Hope you tune in next week, and we'll see you right here at Maysville Baptist Church.